Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan. And I'm Daryl. Oh, oh sorry. Wow. I thought we were just doing first names. <laughs> Anthony did Anthony Ha, and then I was like, I Jordan is my name. Okay, sorry. Start again. No, we're keeping that. I think that was yeah, good. good. But... That's our good intro. Great. Sure. <laughs> Every week, we uh, review a new streaming show or movie. This week, we're going to talk about Do Revenge a new movie on Netflix. And then as we've been doing for the past few weeks, we will discuss uh, our opinions on the latest episode of House of the Dragon. Or uh, will episode- we? Yeah, we, will. we probably will. Um, <laughs> which is a big one because it's it's the big time jump in the, the new cast. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So uh, do revenge. Yeah. Fun title. Fun title. I didn't know Mm. much about this. I think when I saw initially, for some reason, for a long time, I was under the impression that this was a thriller, a gripping psychological thriller. (laughs) And and that turned out to be true. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like I recognized the um, whoever plays Eleanor, that actress. She's on like Atypical and some other things. I didn't even know she's in uh, my heart. Oh Ethan yeah, Stranger Hawk Things. And Uma that's, that's true. Yeah. And then, oh, I didn't know that, but that makes mm-hmm. so much sense now that I yeah. look upon. Because she looks like a mashup of she Uma looks, Thurman and yes. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she looks like they're chill. Ah, wow, that's wild. Learning so much, and then I didn't know Sophie. Uh, so Turner, Sophie Turner, Turner. Sophie who maybe Turner. worked one day on this movie, but had fun right. with I on had that no day. Idea she was in it, so that was fun. That was really a surprise to me too. I was, I was surprised. Oh well, Sarah Michelle Geller, obviously. Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, and are you not familiar with Camila Mendez from Riverdale? Uh, uh-uh, I don't do Riverdale. I don't do any of that superhero stuff. I see. Well, she's the other main character. Yeah. Well, and it's but... it's also funny because I think originally, if you described Riverdale as that superhero stuff, it would not be accurate because it's just like you know a high school show. I mean, high school murder mystery show. But like gossip. From girl. what I understand, yeah, murder. But from what I understand, it has increasingly become a superhero show. Yeah, or yes. supernatural or something. I don't know. It just always, it never spoke to me. And then the more I hear about it, the less I want to watch it. But I'll say of Do Revenge, so Anthony and Daryl know that I haven't 100% finished it. I would say, what do you think? I'm like 65% of the way through? Yeah, yeah something maybe like 75%. That yeah, yeah, right. Like I'm most of the way there. I just don't know how it all <laughs> closes out. But from everything that I have seen, it's like I've never seen such a mashup of high school movies before. Mm. Like it's so like I could count maybe like 20 movies that it pulls from, but like not in a way that's annoying to me, like right. in a way that's like nostalgic and well done, in my opinion. That's interesting. I had another like i don't this isn't a spoiler this is just general mood stuff but like i was watching this with tara and like part way through i was like why is all this music like from it's the so 90s old. yeah and it's purposeful tara was like oh because this movie is for you it's not for gen z yeah right and I was like, is that true? So, so I don't know what you guys thought about it. But Well, I mean, it also makes me think of this stat about uh, the CW, which Riverdale airs on and, and a lot of their sort of ostensibly sort of 
youth folk, you know, like uh, teenage focused uh, programming and like the average age of a CW viewer. I'm assuming this is on linear TV, not on streaming is like 55. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> there is something about um one we're you know take five though we're not damn. quite that bad thank god if I mean, everything goes we well will we will be, be eventually so <laughs> i don't even know how much tv gen z is watching truly like yeah i mean probably they're just watching more like TikToks, tiktoks and youtube and twitch right. and be real trailers yeah but like it does <laughs> feel specifically trailer. the music <laughs> struck me too daryl and like I was like, wow, this is so like 90s, early 2000s high school vibes, basically. Yeah. And there were some interesting choices even within that. Like it wasn't like they were. I feel like it wasn't like they were just doing the ones that everybody would pick. It was like there was somebody that were a real choice. I guess Mighty Mighty Boston. I don't know. But like Mighty Mighty Boston's, for instance, was like, oh, okay, Yeah, like that's the one I would pick. But I don't know. That would be the one everybody would pick. Well, no, because that's what high school you would have picked. And the whole point of high school you is like, oh, it wasn't what everybody I'm unique and except uh, right. And like everybody actually does like that. And then that's the way that high school works is like, oh, there's this cool thing that only I'm into. But everyone's into it. Yeah. And what were right. they singing along to? Oh, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a sinner, I'm yeah. a saint. Right. And there was How's It Gonna Be, I think, by like Lifehouse yes. or something was on there. And I mean, it was just it was really great, great song. Really, great soundtrack. yeah. Amazing soundtrack. There was a play on, it felt like 10 Things I Hate About You with the paint scene and obviously just having Sarah Michelle Geller in it. That's right. true. Yes. Counts for enough. There's like elements of mean girls. There's elements of gossip girl. There's just a lot happening in this movie that harkens yeah. to where it came from. And That's I like right. the like the exceptions they made for like modern artists. I, there's there are very few on there, but like one is Olivia Rodrigo. And Olivia Rodrigo is like already doing a kind of homage thing to the 90s yeah i mean her sound feels very uh retro to me not in like a regressive or nostalgic way but where you like for the first time to hear sort of guitars that sound like that on like top 40 radio just like whoa oh wow and yeah for the first time um, in a long time you mean yeah yeah exactly uh but i think yeah overall i mean obviously it is like just full of nods and references to this um genre of high school soapy movie that probably peaked in the 90s um i mean you know there are definitely ex- you know i think also draws from 80s and early aughts but at the same time it's not i don't think it's just a nostalgia exercise i think it's it's done pretty skillfully and and placed into a modern context yeah the uh the setup and, and the reason it's called Do Revenge is, uh, and I guess this is sort of loosely based on the plot of Strangers on a Train, which uh, is sort of, again, nodded towards because you see one of the characters reading Strangers on a Train yeah. at the beginning. Um, I missed that. Is that, uh, so our two uh, main characters, uh, Drea and Eleanor, are both high school students who feel like they've been done wrong and they want revenge, but uh, don't feel like they can kind of get that revenge themselves. And they're not, uh, they don't like, they're not in the same social circle. They're not friends, but 
sort of when circumstances push them together, like, hey, you know, the way we could actually pull off our revenge we could do a is swap. if we do a swap, you find a way to get back at the person who did me wrong and vice versa. Um, and and so then they pursue that revenge. And I think, yeah, there's a couple of like pretty, it, it's a pretty complex plot as you get further along. But um, yeah, a lot of the fun of it is just watching them pursue their revenge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that either, but now it makes sense that it was based on the strangers and on a train like this. Like, but um, yeah, it's it's cool. It, I guess it explains some things where I was like, oh, this is there was stuff that I felt was unexpected about this. Um, but I am curious. We'll get into this in spoilers because I did call one of the major plot things early, but then I would say. I don't know. Maybe just tonally it was unexpected, but rather. But anyways. Oh, I don't know what you're later. talking about at all, but that was very cryptic. I yeah. So one thing that I do want to say pre-spoiler is that I think do revenge as a title and the way that it was brought up in the movie was like Chef's Kiss. I feel like sometimes they <laughs> they had to they said it. They said the name of the movie in the movie. Yeah, I know. And like or, that often happens. I mean, not every single time, but like there's normally some reference. There's like one time in almost every movie where you hear the title of the movie and you're like, it could either go really, really well or it could more often than not go really, really poorly. But I thought, Do Revenge is such a weird name for a movie and that's how I felt about it since I saw it like that doesn't make grammatical sense and then that's the immediate nod that they give to it is like we should do revenge it's like, is that even grammatically correct it's like stop right. fucking worrying about my sentence structure you know and like that just felt really fun and playful and well done and I was like oh okay that works I think it's even conceivable that they came up with the title after the fact based on that or, or totally. changed it or something yeah totally but I mean the the standard like the golden rule in screenwriting is you always have to say the name of the movie right at the end before the credits roll. You have to have <laughs> the main character say it out loud. Do so. revenge. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> nice addition. I think um, when I described the movie to uh, some friends, there was this sense of like, I don't like how things that the people that the characters do in this movie are so appalling and terrible that right. they couldn't understand wh why any of them would be sympathetic or why we should be invested in their friendship or anything like that. Um, and I, you know, you mentioned gossip girls, one of the references and, and one, I think you have to sort of treat this as, as if it exists in sort of like this parallel fantasy world where the normal rules of behavior don't apply and just well, the everyone normal rules is... of everything doesn't apply. Right. I mean, you have a right. kid riding around on a motorcycle, right? You can't get your motorcycle license at 16. I'm like 99% yeah. sure. So it's just well, like the a main lot character of is a 28 year old woman playing a 17 year old girl also. But so I yeah, think it's, right. in general, our, there's a lot of, our belief is suspense. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there's a lot, I mean, that, that also, um, one of the ways I think the movie makes you comfortable with that is, that is just so visually stylized. Like the colors in this are just like, and the design is just, I think, amazing. And mm. everything just pops off the screen. Totally. And then, and it signals to you, hey, this is not the real world. Do not treat this like the real world. It's, you know, which again is true of, I think, a lot of the, those high school movies that it's based on, like Heather's or um, Cruel Intentions. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's got very cruel intentions vibes. It's very like the clothing, all the pastels from the school uniforms. And there were moments even when the clothing took me way out. Like I think the opening scene, they're at a party and the main guy is wearing like a black and white leather jacket that feels very like eighties. And the main girl is wearing like a shimmery purple or teal, which like could be Miami today. I don't know. I'm not a trendsetter fashion wise, but like it felt very different time, different place. I don't know what the hell this is. You know what I mean? And it kind of took me out a little bit, but I think you're right, Anthony, that like as a primary function, it is a serves as a reminder that like, this doesn't, this doesn't need to be realistic and it won't be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I think like, this is what I was getting at tonally before. Like it, it's weird to me tonally. Cause it's not, it has a lot of, I feel like the the cruel intentions thing is right on or like really spot on in some ways, but then tonally it's like not like that, right? But it's kind of it's, it's like it's much more like that. beat bop than cruel yeah. intentions. Cruel intentions like felt like it really took itself seriously, not to the point yeah. where you were supposed to take it super seriously, but it's a it like you could call it a drama if yeah. you wanted to, right? Well, so no, it, it was very yeah. much like like dangerous liaisons that that way right like that it was based mm-hmm. on which is also coming back i just found out they're, they're yeah. doing a they're redoing a remake of dangerous liaisons which will be interesting but um right in cruel intentions you're supposed to see teenagers behaving very badly and judge them for it right and i feel like this is more like a universe where judgment is kind of suspended where you're just like oh this is fun it's fun that this character is like drugging the entire senior class. Well, yeah. are you supposed to, right? Like I definitely had moments where I was like, oh, someone's going to OD and this is going to turn dark. But then oh, also- there was lots of that. I think that's what your friends like. That's what I sympathize with. Like if you just say it, it's like, no. And even at moments idea. in the show, it was like- <laughs> Is that because we're adults though? Not teenagers. Uh, like, this is going to go bad. And then, but it, it, always go like walks right up to the edge and then goes back and is like oh wait no bubble gum and you're like okay all right i guess i'm with you but this is this is some hardcore boomerang some <laughs> yeah, yeah it feels like they're very careful to make sure that most of the consequences um essentially disappear and everything is fine in a way that is completely unrealistic and in that if you try to apply any of this to real life <laughs> you yeah. get into into trouble real quick well do they all just see here's my problem because i don't know how it ends but like my my guess is that there's a mean girls lesson in here somewhere but right where like katie caddy whatever is going so hard into her revenge mode but she actually becomes one of the plastics right and like is the mean girl herself and like I don't know. I just assume to have a lesson in there somewhere about that, right? There's the the lesson that's in there is not that. Um, but yeah, I think we should probably move into spoilers so we can talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend this movie. I definitely think people should watch it. It's, I mean, it it is like again, if if you want like a realistic or serious depiction of of high school, this is not for you. But if you want something just like soapy, colorful, creative. Um, amoral this is a great movie yeah Yeah, I was digging it I'm excited to finish it depending on how you describe the ending so okay let's move into spoilers if you have not seen do revenge and you don't want to know what happens 
you should stop listening now. So the big twist, so it's not so much, I mean, I think there are things that the movie does sort of moralize on slightly, but I guess the way to start talking about that is just what the the big twist is. So when you see, Jordan, you said that you're at the point where uh, Drea and Eleanor have like started to fall out. Um, Basically like after the birthday party and Drea's like, why are you ignoring me? And she's like, these are my friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. That's basically where I left off. Oh, so right. yeah, you haven't. Okay. Seen a so, so part of the, the setup, Drea uh, had like some uh, like nude, a nude video leaked, and she assumes it was by her uh, then boyfriend. Um, and then she was like part of like the really popular girls. Whereas Eleanor um, had uh, basically said that she confessed her. The, the fact that she was queer to another girl that she had a crush on and that girl then like spread all these lies about her. And so Eleanor has been infiltrating the, this group of the, the popular kids and with the intention of uh, uh, destroying Drea's ex-boyfriend, Max. Right. Um, and, but actually- She's like doing that, Drea's revenge. Right. But actually, like the their initial attempt sort of just bounces off him um, because, like, they they leak all his texts about uh, that was about like good. how he's cheating on, with his current girlfriend. But then he they just do a big PR campaign where they're like, "Oh no, it's an open real open relationship. We're like uh, ethically polygamist, yeah, um, ethical non monogamist." And, and then if you're not into it, you're backwards and shitty. And it it was great. And I liked the scene where they did the montage of like you mean i have a chance with whatever his name was and it was like max yeah everyone at the school including like you know like it was all the women and then there was like a guy who is i guess stereotypically presenting homosexual but then there's like also just like a super jock guy who's like maybe the most pumped <laughs> most <all>. excited yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but as this is happening eleanor seems to be more and more conflicted about the idea of getting revenge on Max because she she really likes her new role as one of the popular girls and likes this new group of friends that she's infiltrated. And um, starts dating Max's little sister. Right. Yeah. Um, and so then the swerve that's, that's revealed uh, shortly after they fall out is, well, first Drea, like for- Feels like the, someone else is coming after Drea that we don't know about. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, so what happens? So first Drea is like, for some reason that I'm kind of, seems kind of random. She calls the mechanic and um, talks about some issues she's having with her car and that she said she's had it before. And the mechanic is like, no, that, that wouldn't happen accidentally. That sounds like a friend, someone who knows about cars went into your car and your original uh, problem was the result of sabotage, which like he just casually kind of drops. I was like, oh, yeah, I meant to tell you, like your car was sabotaged before. And it's like, OK, well, that's probably good information to share with her or the police at some point. Now. <laughs> which, but, you know, is relevant because the reason that Eleanor and Drea first have their first extended conversation is because Drea's car breaks down and she gets a ride from Eleanor. Yeah. And then, uh, then Drea goes to talk to Gabby, who's the the girl whose life they successfully uh, ruined because she's in. The, you know, she basically 
she's supposedly the one who ruined Eleanor's life by spreading, you know, all these lies about her. Um, and Gabby, I thought that was Carissa. Carissa, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Carissa. They, and basically they uh, set it up so that it looks like she drugged the entire senior class. And then the the school finds the pot and mushrooms that she's been growing in the school garden. Um, it's Eleanor but, all along, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So so Drea goes to visit her and, and she says, hey, like, we did revenge on you because you did this thing to Eleanor. And Chris is like, it's wild that you think I would do that, first of all. Second, it's wild that you believe that story because that did happen. But I wasn't the one who did that to Eleanor. It was you. Yeah. And so Drea Wait, just what? Like, Drea did out. that to Eleanor when they were when they knew each other when they were younger and just had completely forgotten about it because she's such a self. Oh no. I, it's, it's strange belief. Right. But this is the thing that I did call right away. And Tara was like, what? And I was, cause as soon as she got into the car, cause her car broke down, I was like, Oh, the other one broke her car so that she would ride with her. And then, uh, when they were in the car and she told the story, I was like, that was Drea. Drea did that. It wasn't the other. Person. Wow. Good for you. Darryl. Yeah. Yeah. I was Golf pretty clap. proud of myself. You yeah. should be. That was a good call. But uh, it did take some of the flip staying out of it. But I think what was interesting about this movie, and this is what I was kind of getting at to me, was that when they flip that switch and they go through Eleanor's kind of like life till now and everything else, I'm like, this is dark as shit. This is really dark. And I don't I didn't think I was watching this kind of movie. And then I thought at that point, this is where I was wrong because I was like, oh, this is going to flip to that thing that I thought it was a thriller before and it's going to get real dark and maybe they're going to kill each other or something. Yeah, cruel intentions. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Drop. And then it it edged towards that and then was like, nope, and walked it right back to like, wait, it's fun. And also there's no consequences for these horror and this crimes people have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, you, I feel like you can tell pretty quickly that it's not going to get that dark because like as soon as right after that montage of so it shows um, a montage of Eleanor's life since Drea did this to her. Yeah. And it I mean, that, just... but also it does one of like, remember all the moments where she should have clued in and realized this was her. And then, yeah. And then it does a montage of like, well, just re rewinds. So like, here's what happened to Eleanor and like, you know, her just essentially being bedridden because she's so ashamed to go out because of all the right psychological damage and all this stuff. And then like she just clues in like oh i should take tennis lessons like figures out the revenge plot when she sees a picture of drea shared on social media like she puts it together like this is how i can get her or whatever right and the montage reveals that eleanor did not leak the 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 nudies initially but she uh is Pointed actually the one to it she did actually uh, was the one who shared it with everyone at the tennis. Oh, that's camp, right, at the tennis game, which yeah. um, she then framed. The but Sophie did she Turner hack him? For. She didn't hack him and get the sex video. No, no, no she no, just because no, no. he had already he no he had already shared it. So he's a he's a villain, and he's because she is a hacker. A so that would have been another right. thing. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, no, I think the, they still one, wanted him to be the villain, right? So yeah, they, yeah. But that she had basically wanted to do this whole like set it up so that drea would want to do this revenge thing with her and that it would destroy drea's life and yeah. all of her friends um, so she didn't have any plan before his doing the hack is what enabled her revenge <clears throat> right, right. Yeah. 
But once that montage is over, you see uh, Eleanor like in a bubble bath, just like enjoying her, you know, like just like like a high camp villain. Just yeah, being, she like, becomes this is a very great. luxurious. I'm like, gonna like um, destroy yeah. her. Um, and she's and so she's. she's doing great like those scenes are great too i think when she does that turn and then she's like very um you're right like a high camp villain like very like this was my plan all along and also this is the rest of my plan and there's nothing you can do about <laughs> and like just really yeah. luxuriating in it it's like this is good i like this but okay I, so then seemed... what happens though well so she says basically she gets she's like you have no choice but to continue to help me um, by going to this party, there's an end of year party for everybody that gets into Ivy League schools. Drea says that? No, no, no. This is what Eleanor wants Drea to do. And okay. Drea, because Eleanor still wants to finish the ruination of Drea completely and also ruin all of her cool friends. Uh, oh, cool so forward. Eleanor's out for them too, random. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why yeah. though? Just for fun? Uh, she wants to burn it all down at this point, yeah. I think. She's, okay. But, so she. Um, and then Dre is like, well, I can't because you made sure I couldn't get into Yale, which was another like, oh man, yeah, that was like a real serious That's a consequence. huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You guys keep saying no consequences, but I'm like, she can't get into Yale. Well, and, like, but the then one later, girl can't go to Stanford and like so wait for it, because they do clean up all this in a very unbelievable manner later on. But uh um, Okay, great. So yeah, she says you gotta do this and got basically wear a wire and then like we'll record everything about your friends and all their weird sexy activities because at this party nobody can bring their devices in and then it's a free yeah, i heard that yeah yeah which is i mean i will say of what they show of the party like i was kind of like so you're gonna like create a scandal by making releasing footage that makes all these students look super cool yeah yeah it's like <laughs> it's oh like... teens do some coke like i don't know there's not much they're not right doing... Crazy it is shit. a tense time though i feel like i remember back like between junior year and senior year everybody wants to like start experimenting and do more risque stuff and then also your college is on the line right, like we had right. a couple kids that were like oh never mind <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're not coming here uh, yeah. oh because i feel like i my my sense of it was kind of like once you got in there was a sense of relief and then it was just like, don't get arrested. <laughs> you don't get arrested. You're probably fine. <laughs> and, yeah, and, uh, and, I mean... and actually make it to graduation. Um, but so so they so uh Drea goes along with this, goes to the party. Eleanor has forged her Yale acceptance letter uh for the purposes of getting into the party. And um Drea gives a very emotional speech to Eleanor and says, actually, you know, the only time I was happy this past year was when we were plotting our revenge together you're probably my only real friend and Eleanor is clearly is like clearly moved by this um and then uh the ex-boyfriend Max confronts both of them um because he's like oh you came to my party and all surrendered you think maze. I'm not just reading all my uh you think I have I didn't go through all your texts yeah. um and so he has figured out their plan and confesses to leaking, leaking the video. The video yeah and um, which is so random like for what oh because oh, anyway. he also like basically i think had kind of picked drea out at the beginning of high school of like oh i'm gonna elevate this girl right who, this is sort of like a, a slightly underdeveloped thread but drea is like one, the only person at this school who's not super rich right um yeah and, and has sort of kid. 
yeah, conquered the school despite being um, working class. Um, but he's pretending it was like a uh, my fair lady type or not pretending. I don't know. Like, I, it seems like that was his deal. Right. Destroy her because I'm a monster. Like, well, okay. or that he, I think he it's, he made it sound like he then became really angry because she wasn't. Oh, she got enough. too, too big. Yeah. And in a way, it was she was like more successful and popular than him. And so he he did. Yeah, he, he made a decision to destroy her. And so he uh, confesses all of this on camera actually like before this Drea has destroyed her camera but uh Eleanor actually had a hidden camera of her own and then she they share double that double assurance and she yeah. points to it call back nice um and and then Max is destroyed everybody happy uh Max had a had a spot in Yale but he loses it and there's a scene with Sarah Michelle Geller the headmaster and she says well you know now that uh, Max isn't going to Yale, there's a spot opened up, so uh, I can push to have you go to Yale instead, which I was not aware was how college admissions That would naturally work, but... happen. Even though later she's like, I can't pull any strings. And now she's like, it's very easy for me to get you into Yale. Right, which I don't know. I did not go to a prestigious. I do feel like those high schools, school. though, do have like deals. Basically. Yeah, where Probably, I'm like, yeah. that actually this may be X number totally of whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But then so, Drea is like, I don't even want to go to Yale anymore I want to do art with what. Russ yeah yeah and so then well and Russ also because Russ finds out another really good and very cruel thing that Eleanor does is she says like oh and I told Russ all about what you did to Carissa and then she calls Chris or uh Drea Russ and is like yeah. oh I'm so sorry about all this and he's like what are you talking about so he makes oh, her no. tell him wow nice job, really Eleanor. Yeah. Yeah. also Eleanor hits her with a car in her car that's true. Eleanor hits trail <laughs> with a car yeah 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 it's really good it's how great. did all this happen in the last <laughs> like, 20 like minutes the, of the movie yes yes they really but then yeah at the end it's that it both of them are like the future is open uh drea walks out of her house gets into the car with eleanor and they drive away yeah and, wow that's not the lesson i want to be and teaching they, Gen and, they, Z. and they sing uh meredith brooks meredith together. brooks i'm a bitch i'm a lover i'm saying i'm saying bye it's driving away also they terrible. film it clearly on a green screen and then they have a yeah uh, the driving scenes are not believable at all no. And then they have a drone tracking shot of them in the same car, you know, on a real highway. And I'm like, did you, could you just not do the whole thing? Put the cameras on the car? (laughs) Or is it just that one of them that, that either Camila Mendez or Maya Hawk can't drive? Yeah, that could be it too. Sure. I don't know. Uh, I mean, they don't even have to drive when you're doing those shots. There's a trailer pulling the car. Because there's cameras true. all mounted. Right, right. Good point. Yeah. They're not know. really driving. That's why they're always like looking at each other. Oh, I guess actually what it, is, it probably is, is that if you do a drone shot, like that's cheap. If you actually shut down a highway so you can have right. your stars drive along totally. it, that is not cheap. I assume. Yeah, that's true. Probably would have. There you go, Anthony. Than... You cracked it. We yeah, got it. We got the it. Budget. And then there's like a bunch of post credit stuff, which I didn't mm-hmm. really care about because it's basically showing. Uh, what happened Drea, to yeah well, with russ and max and also what happened to max yeah so they they like it's so funny because they wrap up the 
Yale thing in a very hilarious, easy way. And then they also wrap up the Max thing. Like it's so like dramatic. He's like, I'll never. So Max is in Europe. Or not Max, sorry. Um, they they wrap up the uh what's his boy her boyfriend's name? Russ, yeah. Yeah. That thing so funny. Like, cause there's just like he'll never forgive you. And then they do like a post-credit scene where she just goes into his weird free warehouse, which another hilarious part of the plot, and then paints like I'm sorry on his big canvases and he's like oh yeah okay it's fine well he she just say like also I told them I told them it was me that did the poisoning and they were just like okay cool thanks I guess we'll she's we'll forgive her and also we won't punish you for this huge crime it's oh it's like the best like it's like they afterwards like they were like well we wrote we wrote the movie we're all done and then somebody was like Oh wait a minute! What about? And they're like, "Oh shit, you're right." Like, I'll just scribble let's down. Let's just yeah, let's just throw that in a couple let's lines. Scribble down a scene just, to fix fine. all of that shit. Let's go with yeah. it's fine for that. Yeah, yeah. Similar, and then like Eleanor reconciles with Gabby, um, in a sort of similarly. Who's Gabby? Quick, uh, uh, right? Isn't Gabby the Max's sister? Max's sister. Oh, I thought Gabby was Sophia Turner. Uh, no, Sophie Turner plays Eric. I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard to tell with these names. It's all like just random yeah, girl names, first names. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last thing you see is that Max, the villain, is in a toxic masculinity support group. Yeah. Oh, fun. So I would say that the post-credit stuff was pretty unnecessary, and to me, like the movie is more fun if it just ends with them driving off. But whatever, it's it it's still good. I they like, like their it. bows, obviously, right? Like they like their yeah. I think that's bows, what they were going for so. for this one. They were just like, it's already so absurd. That why why not? Like, let's get everybody ha- feeling happy at the end. But, yeah. Well, that's quite the journey. I had expectations for it to be a little bit more. Um, I had a feeling, so like I had an inkling that there was a force outside of our main suspects that was working upon things. And then I also had a feeling that there would be some moment of, I have become my, what I detest moment. Mm. Right. And those were my two kind of like inklings, but I didn't know who I thought it might be a random unknown character that came into the mix. Um, Eleanor's clever. I liked it. I liked what I saw of it. I thought yeah. I, I was really into the nostalgia bit and all of the throwbacks and references. And I thought it was done well too. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh it was definitely like I don't know. It was it was I don't think it was like perfectly done. Like I think there's a lot of stuff that you can criticize about it, but on the whole, it was just like it was it, it was fun and yeah i think thoroughly entertaining throughout and i enjoyed it all right well let's move on to house of the dragon episode six the princess and the queen and again our assumption with these house of the dragon recaps is you've seen the episode or you don't care about the fact that we are about to spoil um everything that we've seen yeah what did you guys think well they had to start with a labor and graphic labor scene it's always they had to start and end the episode with birth yeah or at least attempted birth in the latter case i didn't want that to happen but 
whatever it's fine and then yeah the actors the actors was a it just i for some reason i don't i'm not saying it's bad and they were bad versions of the older versions but it did take me a while to readjust and i was just like oh yeah knocked me out of it and i was like okay just work to get back into it like pay attention and i kind of didn't want to but it was double jarring i think because each character that was replaced has gone through such an evolution like i mean to be fair like we didn't really know lena and lenore lena obviously is like a grown woman now Mm -hmm. lenore is like a party boy which like we could have seen coming but he didn't get too much development early on so like that's just kind of a wash i think where it matters more is that like Rhaenyra has come into her power. There's a lot that was like foreshadowed in terms of like her willingness to be reckless and her like entitlement kind of like I can get away with anything, but the, the kind of like iciness, right? Like the, uh, original actress for Rhaenyra was so sweet looking that even when she was testing the limits of her power and kind of like doing things that were more bold she still felt like a little girl like doing those things and there was Mm -hmm. like some level of like forgiveness that was automatically awarded to her and like she'll learn and she'll be a hero and right like this kind of auto assumption of of goodness and like when she comes back 10 years later there's this very cold, this very like Cersei vibes a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know that that's what we expected. And it's the same is true of Allison. Like we saw her get two minutes of being powerful as a young woman. Now that she's a grown woman, she's very powerful and like going for it. Yeah. And it's just because it's not like the same characters in a scene later are feeling a little bit the same. It's like they've also gone through an evolution and they're different actors. So you're like, whoa, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think specifically Allison, I mean, they did a good job in the last episode of like setting up kind of like a she's gone past the point of no return. Like she's not the person you thought there or that she was prior to this, which was relatively innocent, um, you know, friendly, kind of like unassuming person or warm person and then this it's like once she put on that green dress to start out there it was gonna be all about the the legacy all about the i don't know what dollar bills but uh yeah like <laughs> high tower high tower <laughs> legacy not really the dollar bills <laughs> i mean i i thought the way they introduced i guess the especially those two main uh actresses was really good um and I, I guess even even more it's it's really an introduction to um emma darcy who, who plays you know older Rhaenyra. Yeah. and it's like this all in i think it's it's essentially one a, a, lo- a long single shot where you see her give birth and then she is uh commanded to present the baby to the queen or I mean the, the idea, I think the assumption is that she will rest and then like this one of the attendants. Somebody will else take... will just bring the baby out there. Yeah. Right. And and then instead Rainier's like, fuck that. All right. If uh if that if she wants to see the baby, I'm gonna go see her. Mm-hmm. Um and so she's like getting dressed. And then but then she has to deal with like the placenta and and then there's just like this long walk through the castle. 
to to the queen and her uh, husband you know comes along and you kind of see some of their dynamic and and then she you know has this tense con- conversation with Allison and I thought by the end of that scene, I was like fully on board with with Emma Darcy as, as Rhaenyra. I was like, this this yeah. is great. I mean, yeah, I didn't. I just don't. Uh, in general, the show, the show's approach to like I need to show the human viscera is like not my favorite thing in the world, right? But I did think that that scene was like, oh, I get it. She's a badass bitch, and what are you gonna do, right? Like, yeah, do you don't anything. fuck with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's uh, playing the game with her back to the ropes without losing any of her dignity, it feels like, which is the right. piece that keeps you rooting. I mean, the main thing that I Well, read... quite the opposite, right? Because she's like flagrantly having an affair and just kind of like, I don't give a shit about any of this stuff. And it's like, whoa, this is like bold. But, oh. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I think we've been led to think will be kind of the main source of conflict in this uh, dynastic struggle is that uh, Rhaenyra is a woman and the the realm will not accept uh, a woman ruler. And that's definitely a big element of it. But there's this whole other thread now, which is that uh, none of her children were actually fathered by the, the man she's married to. Right. And it's very obvious because um, both uh, she and I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Lenor. Lenor are, you know, from Valerian family. So they both have that really distinctive white hair. Um, yeah. And the kids. Which, again, super annoying that they have to keep doing that. I really wish <laughs> they had made it. It's like a it's like a thing that they keep. They're like, well. We now made this call it. and it's fucking white hair. And guess what? It's got to be. And now there's more. It's got to be more white hair. Let's get some other white hair freaks out here and pray. <laughs> so Danny was listening to our first episode on House of the Dragon and heard that we got into a whole conversation about weaves and was really pissed that she wasn't invited. So we can't talk too much about hair on this. Episode. <laughs> okay, we'll have to get her. She's like, you guys don't even know what you're season. talking about. I'm an expert. One on day it. we'll have a dedicated oh. episode about the hair the white hair (laughs) come on that yeah i like the white hair and i like the fact i mean i think some of the no they save it but i think about the hair one of the specific things that it achieves in this episode is just there's this visual when you see uh allison's uh children with viserys um and they're yeah and that she has like that red chestnut hair and they're clearly targaryens Right, right right But and then you see the kids in a group, right? Because because I think part of what Viserys in particular has been trying to achieve is, is, is you know, to to put off any risk of of feuding, uh, is is basically treat them all as like one family. Um, mm-hmm. But like, there's this striking difference because there are these two white-haired kids and these two, and and also long white-haired kids and these two kids with short brown hair. Three. There's three each, isn't there? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess there's one. Well, because of the one, new. So we can't really yeah. count him. As right. And then I guess also because. He had a dark hair. So. Right. There's three kids each, but I think um, the socializing is is basically the, the boys. boys. So there's yeah. four in that, in that yeah. group. I'll give it to you. So here's here's my like main takeaway this week, I think. I was reading somewhere 
and I, I tend to agree that we don't know who to root for. Like Mm -hmm. we kind of automatically draw lines with Rhaenyra because she is the voiceover at the very beginning. It's her story. She's the, you know, she's the one we get the most screen time with. She's the one that we understand her intentions and her feelings the most. doesn't mean we agree with them, but we just have the closest empathy center to Rhaenyra. Because of that, that thing that Anthony brought up, it also seems like she's the, she's the dark horse candidate and you're like she's the one she's fighting against misogyny yeah right yes so there's a lot that asks us to root for her but like contradictory to game of thrones where we had these players that were like very clearly good and very clearly bad all of them were dynamic like all of them had their flaws or their strong points right like even at the very end you can look at jamie and cersei and be like you guys are terrible human beings but like you really love each other (laughs) you know what i mean like you can find something but there was like a Jon snow and there was an aria and you know even daenerys for the longest time even though the showrunners decided to kill that you had these people that were like very clearly good and that you wanted to win and i just like don't know really with this you know, like, I don't feel like they're doing as good of a job of telling us who to care about. Like, they're all kind of slimy. I think the that's closest very... in this episode that I got to that was like the, the brown haired kids seem much more sympathetic than the weird white haired kids. Yeah, not I mean, just obviously you hair. see them like jizzing off the window. The weird, I mean, the... you're not going to yeah. align with that, I hope. I don't know. I mean, I know it's naked. just like it's a, he's a teenage boy. <laughs> Yeah, he's no, just doing not boy boys stuff. will like, be like trying to jizz all over the Both city. Both of you stop. That's right fine. Now. That's normal. That's just what we all do, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We're like people walking underneath him. Like I probably I mean, he was. He was he hoping was... so. For sure. <laughs> I don't know. That was the goal. That was what was doing it for him. <sighs> and then his mommy came in. I mean, God, that this was show, good. man. Well, and of was... course, there were much more gruesome things in this episode, and that's what we're right. talking about. So that, yeah, just, I mean, I... They, they gave us some comic relief. I feel like this show really doesn't do a great job of that. And that was, I was genuinely like, that's this is pretty funny because of how fucking stupid it is. So I like that. <laughs> yeah. But I think to your point, Jordan, it's very intentional that, that if, yeah, if you just hear about this, the conflict initially, you might um, be like, oh, like Rhaenyra's the hero. But as you get into it, you just realize, oh, like they're both kind of making some pretty bad decisions and and both pretty flawed, um, Rhaenyra and Allison. And I think that's and kind Damon. of Damon. Damon right. kind of like had to come around a little bit in this. Episode, yeah, I mean, but yeah, we've seen Damon murder his wife. Um, but I think that that's kind of what they're that's the effect that you're they're not going supposed for. to be. You're supposed to be rooting for one side over the other is more like this whole thing is just like really tragic and horrible and like so yeah. many people are going to die because of this stupid pointless civil it's just war hard to watch That's, a show like that yeah right like it's hard to feel connected when there's no sense of like uh neutral good kind of yeah. like because people had their flaws in the original got but like there was definitely stuff where you're like Oh, I really like, hope this person lives and yeah, gets like what John they want. Snow. You could always kind of root for John Snow, right? Or right. as annoying right. as he was, he's just a yeah. noble dummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or Arya, like I can't think of a single Arya, person right. that was like, <laughs> I don't want. I want Arya to get exactly yeah. what she wants, you know, yeah. even if it's not what I want for her. Right. 
Did you see she's blonde now? She's trying to become a dragon one. I saw, yeah. She's a Targaryen at heart. Yeah. So Rhaenyra in particular, like what has she's been doing is she has been having these kids with uh the strong. the with strong the, of the guard the captain of the city guard wait, is, city guard, the commander right? of the king's no the commander of the city watch there we go yeah right and he's also uh, the son of the king's hand he is yeah which feels like he should have a better role but maybe that's a good role i don't know now, did we I mean, ever I, see him before no did we see him when he was so. younger no i didn't think so either. if we saw him it was wait, like but very, we saw very briefly laris right? yeah we saw laris. him but, yeah Larry, I thought we might have seen him a little bit, but maybe not. It's possible. He's definitely not had a significant role or there hasn't been any um, foreshadowing of like a connection between him and Rhaenyra. It's just that in the time since then, they like had a very extended affair since they've had time to have three kids together. And one of the things they do not spell out is this. is the question of like, because to me, like if, you know, that the Rhaenyra and uh, Lenor had this agreement, basically, we're going to get married. That we'll they do were going to do it to have kids. And right. They like did that it. seems like the, yeah, it's like, we'll, you know, grit our teeth and, and have <laughs> enough sex yeah. just to like bear children. And for whatever, for reasons that are not really spelled out, that never happens. Yeah. Um, I wonder about that. Do you think that'll be addressed? I don't know. It feels yeah. like they're sort of just moving past it. Um, Does seem like that. So, so here's I, another question: Like, are we just supposed to take what happened in the episode with the weddings, with the wedding, as like? Because I really had money on Sir Kristen Cole continuing to love Rhaenyra. No, but it went the opposite way. But yeah. did you guys see that coming? Because I thought like, oh, they'll work this out. And when I saw the previews, I assumed that those were Kristen Cole's kids. Right. I thought I that too. going into the episode. Yeah. And then I was like, then they showed that guy and I was like, is that Kristen Cole? And then it wasn't. And I was like, oh, okay. Which I think actually makes a lot more sense to me that, I mean, you can see how like torn up and angry in a fairly stupid way. Kristen Cole like is about it. Do you guys feel like we're just missing like an inch of development that would make a difference for everything. Like it, it feels like because of the time jumps, like for example, with Kristen Cole, like he's made a member of the King's guard and sworn protector of Rhaenyra. We jump to an episode where they go through the forest and that is supposed to clarify to us that they have this longstanding, more intimate, honest relationship. Then we jump to them sleeping together and he's in love with her. And then we jump to him wanting to like kill himself and beat the shit out of someone and murder someone over it Mm -hmm. kind of all in a span of a minute or two. And now he's like fully against her. And it just feels like there's so much there. Like there's so much that you could open up there and do there to like, I just never feel fully bought into anything. You know what I mean? Like he says he's in love with her and I'm like not fully bought into that. And then he wants to kill a guy over it. I'm not fully bought into that. Now he fucking hates her. And I'm like, are you sure? You just said you were in mm-hmm. love with her. Like it just, the time jumps are effective in certain regards. And then I feel like they hold us back in other regards. Cause I just yeah. feel like everything's a little, like an inch away 
from feeling you got to do a lot of heavy lifting on to fill in the blanks which is probably the right choice i think because i think the opposite would be a lot of exposition on out yeah, yeah really drawn out my sense but, is also that the, the the whole show won't be structured this way it's really sort of to get us like the early ex- stuff heavy exposition yeah. yeah right and but to i mean i will say that Kristen's arc made I mean, it was the part about them falling in love that I was, it's not that I didn't believe it, but I just wasn't invested in it at all. But like seeing how like that, you know, his sort of obsession with his honor, his sense that he's like being used, like it it totally makes sense to me that that would sort of turn very quickly into violent rage and um and, I don't know. and into resentment. if you love her that much then you love her no i think honor no. i don't know no i think I don't, it's, I, I think I think it's think... viable too because i think he just is painted as someone who is um like who uh, just a person of extremes <clears throat> like he's very yeah committed binary. to whatever he believes is right or the path to honor and right. if it's like fresh very john snowish like, honestly well, fuck that right and then goes right. the opposite way yeah i think in a lot of ways it feels like a very sort of classic like abuser kind of arc you know yeah like, you reject yeah. me then i just will like go fully in the other direction yeah yeah and he clearly has they i mean they they use the the face smash to death to be like look he's not a he doesn't Good have guy. a reason don't like element him. yeah he yeah. doesn't have a limiter so by the way but, but i do like he, him still i think he's, but I, yeah I, i'm I, glad he's in it but then when you know allison is talking to him about the kids and she's also talking to the saris about the kids and she says like to have one kid like this is already bad enough but to have three like that is just basically a big fuck you to everyone and you kind of I, at least I kind of agreed with her. I was kind of like, yeah, like this in, in the context of this world, it seems like Rhaenyra has just been like, I'm going to get away with this because I'm a Targaryen and um, is like, yeah. and then, and she's starting to wake up to the danger, but mm-hmm. it is like, if you're in this position where you're in line for the throne, but you also know that people are not fully on board with it because you're a woman to then sort of have this whole other open up this whole other vulnerability is pretty wild. Well, mm-hmm. I think there's a couple pieces of it though, right? Because like maybe we've had this thread throughout all of these episodes where we're talking about like is this show any different from Game of Thrones <clears throat> in the way that it approaches basically violence against women, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's boiling it down but like is it any different and i think there's a sense of empathy for Rhaenyra based on the fact that we're in 2022 watching this and there's a piece of you that's like yeah that's dangerous and yeah i understand the rules but also why does she have to be married to a fucking gay guy that she doesn't care about not that there's anything wrong with gay guys but like why does she have to like she's Rhaenyra and like the thus far she's like lived her best life mm-hmm, right? right and there's a piece of you that's like I get it I get it I understand the right. framework but like I also don't hate her for that I'm more worried for her for that yeah I don't you hate know what her I mean? for it no, no, I, I, I definitely don't, don't hate, hate her, her. For it. you know what I'm saying though right where yeah. it's like I think it's doing that on purpose with us yeah I don't know yeah I mean she's been dealt a raw hand in a lot of ways but that at the same time it, I mean, and, and it's sort of tied into this whole idea of just the responsibilities of royalty is, which is that there's like, in a lot of ways, it's like a straitjacket. It like, like puts you into yeah. these like certain roles and suddenly um, 
you know, you can't just marry anyone. You have to marry, your marriage serves a political and financial purpose, but also there's enormous privilege, right? And then sort of the two two things kind of go hand in hand. Right. Um, I just think that there's like a story in the idea that like, I mean, if you look at Princess Diana, right? Like she didn't do everything she was supposed to do. Like she didn't quite live in the straitjacket. I mean, the straitjacket did obviously have a huge impact and effect on her life and she didn't live entirely outside of it. But she also was like, bye like i'm gonna hug this person with hiv and i'm gonna like wear this little black dress and i'm gonna do these things that like show you i don't give a fuck right Right. Mm -hmm. and there's an element to that that we root for i guess which maybe is obvious maybe i'm just stating a lot of obvious things but no i think that's a a good point that there's something that there's something about Nero that's also like just very cool and punk and and admirable. Yeah. I think right. that for me, a lot of that is sort of colored by this sense of, oh, there's a civil war. Yeah, there's a sense of entitlement. And also there's a civil, this is all leading to a civil war where where many, many, many people will die. So like, you know, <laughs> this this right. has a tremendous human cost in yeah. a way that Diana hugging somebody does not right if it makes you feel any better they're fictional people yeah that's um, true not in my heart of... though yeah <laughs> it might but, exist so... somewhere maybe we're fictional people to someone else how about that Ooh. just so yeah i mean i don't know how we're supposed to spend our time on this there's so much that happened but like the laris heron laris thing, is what i want to talk about yeah yeah feels like the most important thing because all the pieces they've done a great job in the last two episodes of moving pieces on the puzzle and like queen takes pawn kind of moments and that didn't feel like it was happening as much earlier on and i feel like this is another one where like anything could happen also before i forget i don't know what we bet anthony but oh yeah i lost that still alive yeah fucking viserys (laughs) Actually, I saw I saw somebody had put this in one of their recaps. Is that Game of Thrones surprised you by how quickly it's vulture? Yeah, it, people would get killed off, and House and of the Dragon surprised you by their you. refusal to kill Viserys. <laughs> to kill. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good point. So too. I predicted that Viserys would die in this. Well, I thought he would die before the time jump, and then when Jordan and I were talking about it last week, I said, "Well, he's got to die in this coming episode." If you just look at the footage of him. He looks like a man who's about to die. Right. And Jordan said episode seven, I believe. So fingers crossed. We'll see. In a couple I don't know. Days. Maybe at this point, I'm like, maybe he doesn't die until the season finale. <laughs> maybe not. He's really I don't know. On there. I mean, he's not looking. Wait, good. but okay. Let's go back to Laris. So Laris is a spider for sure. He is. It's interesting they called him Laris because he is basically Varus. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what it feels like. Um. And he has his brother and father killed and then takes out their tongues. I was reading that in the recap, but when I watch with Danny, I have to skip over violence. Oh, so I don't yeah. know if I missed it. There's yeah. So he doesn't take out. Uh, so for, what he does is he goes to see the order is reversed. Um, he goes to see these prisoners who are all condemned to death. And he tells them, I'm willing oh, to I show you mercy, it, but you need to make a sacrifice. And then in classic House of the Dragon fashion, they actually show the men's tongues getting cut off for one guy. And 
I screamed and Julie was like, what's happening? <laughs> I mean, she wasn't watching. She was like in the next room and she's like, what yeah. is going on? But that, yeah, that was hard to watch. Gruesome. And then yeah. I knew something so, bad was coming. Someone was like screaming and Danny was like, I don't want to watch this. And I was like, click, 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 click. Yes. And I like, don't know how it all played out. So, so that's the gorier thing, but the sort of more shocking thing in terms of Laris, not just being willing to do it, but wanting to do it, you know, is that he then has, uh, yeah, his father, who is the hand of the king and uh, his brother, who is the secret, not secret father of the queens of the princess's children. Uh, they basically, uh, the, the hand has decided he's going to remove his son from court so that he does not continue to uh, sully the, the family's honor. Yeah. And, and also because he co correctly points out that like this puts them in tremendous, tremendous danger because like those, you know, like if there's a political struggle, like um, their house could be sort of collateral damage, becomes a target as a part of that. Um, but it's a little too, uh, a little too late because he, he, they go back to Heron Hall where nothing good happens. Mm -hmm. And then the whole, basically there's the, the uh, Laris's men start a fire, which kills both of them. Drama. Drama, so, drama. So I'm just realizing now that I don't think I finished this episode because I'm like, what are they? What are they? What are they talking about? <laughs> so I definitely didn't watch yeah, all so the way to the end. But. He Laris then tells Allison, like, "Yeah, I did this, and I'm sure you'll find a way to repay me." And she's like, "I didn't want you to do this. Like, I never said to do this." And he was like, "Ah, it'll, it'll be good. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> you'll you'll find a way to make it up to me." And it also, you know, I think opens the door for Otto Hightower to potentially come back into the mix. Maybe, maybe not, uh, which would be great for Allison. And then the only other big thing kind of that happens, which I'm not sure if I'm following where the story is trying to go with Damon, is that Lena is giving birth and it doesn't go well. We're given another callback to the Viserys uh, Emma birth where Damon's given the choice. I can't save them both. What do you want to do? Blah, blah, blah. And as he's having that conversation, Lena decides she's taking it into her own hands. She goes out and to the beach and commands Vagar, her dragon to Dracaris, both her and the baby. Mm. Um, which means Vagar's open. Oh, and cool. Free right dragon. now we have yeah. one of Lena and Damon's children dragonless, and we have Amond, who's also dragonless, over in King's Landing, Aegon's younger brother. So it could go anyway. They start. I want them to get into more of the dragon stuff, like just the dragon. Like I don't, know. I don't feel like they're doing a great job with the dragon CGI. Do you? Well, I First want them all, to get into the mentality of the dragon. It's like, is the dragon regretful of the burning up the lady in the baby? Yeah, yeah, Again, no, it was, it, it oh, was okay. an emotional scene. Like he, he disregarded the command for a uh, while and was like growling at her and like basically saying like, no, I don't want to. So that's good. Reluctantly. I think it probably, my prediction is in maybe like two episodes, they'll, It'll start talking with a Sean Connery voice. <laughs> I am a dragon. <laughs> and I enjoy to be. And Braveheart is in the same continuity. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think the CGI is 
fine. Maybe fine what for I'm me, more but bothered I... by isn't the CGI. It's specifically Damon's dragon doesn't make physiological sense. Draymond's de- dragon is so top heavy and long and so big breasted with like these teeny little baby feet that it's supposed to walk on. <laughs> and it just doesn't make sense. It's like really so takes me out like, every time. This animal couldn't exist. In the- yeah, like this animal couldn't function in gravity. Like this right. animal needs to well, be in no, space. None of, we're none doing of could, it. I don't think, but that's a, it's a good point. It's a good point. Anyway, well, I think the other thing is just that the obviously the show just whereas Game of Thrones didn't didn't introduce the dragon until the dragons until the end of the first season, and I think uses them very sparingly until the final couple of seasons. You know, this show is like just full of dragons, yeah. So yeah, you just see a lot more a lot more dragon effects than you, than you do in Game of Thrones, and so another the- dynamic that I think they could explore is like all these people that take care of the dragons for them and then it's like aren't those people better at dragons than you and won't if they wanted to couldn't they just like rise up and take you out they probably maybe i don't know i feel like they're doing an okay job of like the exposition of how dragons work most dragons bond and they have one person and blah 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 I don't know. And like sometimes they don't and you have to, you could, there's another way to bond to a dragon and all of that stuff. Right. I think from what we're told in this episode, basically if the people who are like the dragon keepers rebelled against the Targaryens and the, um, the other house, um, they would just like the dragons would side. The dragons the Targaryens. would side. Right. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I would like to see is more non-dragon magic stuff if that makes sense because i felt like i was expecting a lot more of that in this one since it was like maybe a more mystical time or seemed like it would have been but we haven't seen much of that right right although i think that westeros is meant to be a relatively low magic world uh, okay. anyway except for dragons dragons are sort of the big fantasy thing and they I mean, I think we're supposed to believe that their power and health and all of that stuff dwindles the longer they're away from old Valyria. Right. Uh, um, but also, if I knew I was going to die from uh, childbirth, sepsis, I, burning, burning is not the way I would choose to go. No, no. But it's not well, quick. It's not going to be quick. like a dude. Well, fair enough. Yeah, I guess totally fair enough. But uh yeah, just just burning to death does not seem I think like, it's uh, not burning to death. It's like the it's your final bonding moment with your dragon, and it's like there's sure. No, I think the reason she chose it is because of that, and it's because she, she can do it. And autonomy and right, it. yeah, right. I yeah. understand that. And I'm not saying that she should have chosen the other thing, but I just also think like burning to death is a really Burning to drowning, them is not great. Nice. But I think yeah. a dragon burning is different than like the Heron Hall burning. I think it's pretty like your ash. Yeah. Like instant. That's true. So yeah. Like yeah. I don't and think maybe it's also like, like if you're Valerian, smoke inhalation and burns. Yeah. And like you I think you're just like differently. Boop. Yeah. I would choose getting eaten by crabs. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Overall, I thought this was a really good episode. It's probably my favorite episode so far. Yeah, I thought it was a really good one too. 
a lot happened. It was like a lot, a lot of ground to cover. I'm excited to see the, like, I'm excited to watch the next episode without having to do the introduction to the new actors. I'm hoping yeah. by like midway through the next episode, it's like, okay, I'm in it. And it'll be, I was, I had this feeling or this thought when I was watching this episode of like, I can see myself like five years from now being like, oh, I want to go and start hot D from the beginning and being like, whoa, different characters or like different <laughs> actors. You know what I mean? Like it feels commonplace to us now, the originals. But if you think a few seasons down the road, we're going right. to be like, They'll wow, that's the... so weird. Remember when they started with different actors? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited to go finish this episode now that I realize. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? Okay. So if you have thoughts on do revenge or house of the dragon you should email us original content pod at gmail.com that's original content pod at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter at original content and if you haven't already please subscribe and leave us a positive review five stars in apple podcasts or the podcast app of your choosing thank you so much for listening jordan and daryl i'll talk to you later bye bye bye